fans. It is hot, 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 but movie theaters are cool, cool, cool. So is your house. Movie theaters? What? Yeah, I know. That's why our special guest today is Tom Stockman. Hi, Tom. Hi, greetings. Welcome. We will talk to our guest, Tom Stockman, in just a moment. Then around five minutes, we'll talk about the rental. Around minute 17, yes, God, yes. Around minute 26, Lynn saw Easy Does It. Around minute 29, John Lewis, Good Trouble. Around minute 30, Outpost. Around minute 31, I'll Be Gone in the Dark. And then around minute 39, Stockton on My Mind. And then around minute 42, Tom Stockman's picks of what's around town. Near minute 48, Going to the films, what is it like these days? Around minute 59, the Muni Summer Variety Hour. Around one hour and two minutes, the Tennessee Williams Radio Plays. Then around an hour and six minutes, Cinema St. Louis and the French Film Festival. Tom Stockman, he has been going to the theater. Yeah. Not just the drive-ins. Yeah. Unlike, oh, yeah, and the drive-ins. And the drive-ins. Unlike Carl and I, who are just watching everything from our, from our uh, uh, home systems. Computers, giant screens, 65-inch screens. But, Tom, you saw a movie on a big, big, big screen yesterday. Can't get any bigger than the uh, big screen at the uh, Skyview in Belleville. I believe that's the biggest screen around. And it is a good one. I went there last Thursday. What would you see there? Uh, Believe it or not, they showed Night of the Living Dead at midnight. Oh, that's right. They've been doing those Thursday midnight shows. shows. Yeah, and they had a a zombie uh, makeup costume contest, and I was one of the judges. Oh, it was fun. Very cool. Did they have a good turnout? Uh, oh, yeah, they had a very good turnout. For yeah. a Thursday night. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm just so happy for well, them. Th- I think they were surprised when they first did Rocky Horror Picture Show, and they, they said, oh, wow, this midnight thing could work for yeah, us. Yeah, they're talking about doing uh, the Warriors at midnight next Really? Month. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, Come during the, the, regular, the regular season is mostly family fair, so to have real true drive-in uh, movies is really cool i think mm-hmm. well we um one of the movies that opened this week by afc the rental is available video on demand and all your cable platforms but it That's also fun. opened in theaters and drive-ins and in st louis it is at the galleria six and the high point the high point which is where i saw it last night now Tom, can you? What is the experience at the High Point when you are going to see a movie nowadays? Uh, the High Point's always been a very pleasant place to see. Well, a no, film. no, I'm, and, I'm uh, talking about nowadays. Um, well, they're they're understaffed. Nobody works there anymore. Brian doesn't work there. The Joes don't work there. Wow. It's just Diana and her brother Ernie, who are of course the offspring of uh, George and Georgette, who own the High Point. George and Georgette were there last night seeing. Wow. Um, seeing the uh and so the it, rental um it's you know people go in uh, t- let's let's back up a little bit three weeks ago they, they had their grand reopening after being closed for three and a half months and they showed um cinema paradiso which was a perfect mm-hmm. uh, choice because that movie had played there back in 1989 for months it played there and everybody everybody in st louis saw cinema paradiso at the high point so that was a great choice and i was there friday for opening night and there was probably 50 60 people there which was great there was a long line the concessions the uh, high point people seemed very happy um and people, you know, they wear their masks while they're in line for concessions. Then most people and they stay take, six feet apart. Ish. Yeah, every other row is blo- is roped off. People s- stay apart. And then I think most people 
take their mask off when the movie starts. I know I certainly do, but I did notice a couple people did not. Well, they got they got to eat their popcorn. <sighs> yeah, yeah, right. And they have the best popcorn there. And then then Sunday, I went back and saw Cinema Paradiso again. Uh, two days later, and there was only about a dozen people there then. Um, last night when I saw the rental, there was probably about 20 people there, which was pretty good. They were pretty pleased with it. Now, they're not doing the back lot because that nope. would be socially irresponsible because yeah, they'd have five tiny. people in there, and it's <clears throat> it's not monetarily yeah. responsible either. Yeah. But the giant screen of yeah. the high point. Yeah, seats and, 420. And they're probably doing half of that if they if they had a full house, or would they um, say a quarter? Yeah, I guess they've blocked off about half of their seats. That would be a good guess. Okay. Yeah. And uh, And... The popcorn and the beer are all good? Oh, yeah. yeah. They have a great choice of beers at, they do. at the High Point and wine. They'll sell you a bottle of wine at the High Point. Yes, they will. And, uh, and popcorn 16 is ounce Stella's in a can. Yep, yep. Well, good. I'm glad it was good. So let's get into the movie that we've all been talking about a movie directed by Dave Franco, his directorial debut. Um, you know Dave Franco from a lot of his brother's projects, but he was on the very last season of Scrubs. And he was he was one actually one of the breakout stars if you consider that last ABC season of Scrubs, and now he sometimes looks exactly like his brother, but he's not in this movie at all. But his significant other Allison Brie is in it, and Dan Stevens, uh, well you know Allison Brie from Community and Glow, and she was in the Disaster Artist as yeah. he was too. But she's been in a lot of movies. Uh, but she. Most famous for Community and for right, Glow. Right, right. Uh, and then Dan Stevens, who we talked about at uh, Eurovision. Uh, yeah, <laughs> quite the eclectic choices. I give him props. He he found fame in Downton Abbey, but then his, then spoiler he, alert, char- a character was killed off. Well, because he wanted to go to Los Angeles and make movies. Right. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he's been he's been in all sorts of things. The Beast. Yeah. And, and he doesn't sing in this one. No. And then no. Uh, an actress that Tom knows, <laughs> Sheila Vand. Uh, you said you've seen her in something, Tom? Um, I remember her from a vampire film called the, uh, A Woman Walks Home at Night. Which was yeah, a, yeah. Which is a, a movie, I believe, that's supposed to take place in the Mideast, but it was shot in California. Okay. Yeah, I think it was called uh, She Walks Home Alone at Night. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was uh, in 2014. That's her claim to fame. Yeah. And uh, Jeremy Allen White. From Shameless, uh, one of the Gallagher kids. Yes. He is, he plays Josh. So there, it's about and two And then brothers. Toby Huss. Don't forget Toby oh, Huss. Oh, yeah, Toby. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Uh, well, <laughs> don't read too much into it about two very different brothers. No, because they're, well, first of all, you don't know that they're brothers. And at the very beginning, you don't know who's married to whom. Because it looks like Sheila Van and Dan Stevens are married, but no, Dan Stevens is married to Allison Bree, and Sheila Van is Dan Stevens's business partner, dating Jeremy Allen White, and Jeremy Allen White. Well, I guess Charlie and Josh are the brothers. Right. Uh, Mina is the business partner and the girlfriend, and Michelle is. So we got Charlie, Michelle, Josh, and Mina. And they live in Portland, Oregon, and this is long before the unrest uh, that's occurring. Right. And so they, uh, Dan Stevens, well, let's just call them their character names. Charlie and Mina have a tech startup that's taking off. See, I wasn't sure. Were they architects or were they just business, business, business? It's not really. You really went into it much. They didn't. They didn't. They were just a computer. (laughs) Because my wife stopped me and said, 
What do they do? <laughs> I know. I thought of that too. I thought, well, it sounds yeah. like because it's Portland. Portland is very, uh, you know, hip uh, mm-hmm. with all the. It's just like a Seattle mm-hmm. where all these, you know, IT people <laughs> live. And so, anyway, so they're uh, looking. Yeah. They're looking at uh, getting. They just they just finished some big deal. Charlie and Mina just finished. Their company just finished some big deal, and so they want to get away. But the price is very expensive for this lovely house down in California. So they're going to drive from it's a rental. Uh, it's a rental. They're, it's the Oregon coast, though. Okay, but they're they're going to go to California and have this wonderful weekend, and so they do it. But first, Mina tries to get it, and she is rejected. But we we don't find that out until yeah. once they get there. And so Mina gets it, and she says it's oh a white guy. Charlie Charlie reapplies for it on. They don't. They never say Airbnb, but it's an Airbnb type of thing. And so she says, well, it's because I'm Middle Eastern and I have a Middle Eastern name, and that's why I didn't get it. Which could be true, but we don't know. It, it's implied, but not. Well, well, do you think it was? Uh, yeah, because later on, that same character, the older guy, says something about, where's, yeah, the, where's the white girl that called? Right. He's, he's, he is a racist, but it doesn't necessarily mean. And it doesn't he, have much to do with the rest of the story. And then, well, it does because it gets her, that, that actually leads up to what happens in the last act. But it's just, it's muddled and it's not shot very well. They don't get off on the right foot. The handyman is the brother of the guy who owns the place. And right away, there's some tension and there's edge because he says the wrong things. And then he doesn't think much of these privileged, this young privileged couple. And uh, so they're going to have this weekend and they get out the molly and... uh, Yep, they do drugs. Yes. And the hot tub and it's steamy and then we're not going to talk about spoilers but uh let's just put it like this there uh they might be stalked there might be somebody in the shadows so well it puts suspicion on the handyman well let me interrupt there you you talk about tension there's i think there was conflict and tension that it didn't have anything to do with that handyman no even after he goes then about 10 minutes later all these these four are kind of mad at each other for various reasons, and then they don't trust. Doesn't look other. like they're having that good, that fun of a time. No, it's actually I've had a weekend like this down in Branson, which is why I will never go to Branson again. But I, I, uh, there is a lot of tension and distrust and uh, pent up rage in the like the brothers. One is more successful than the other, mm-hmm. um, and the one's a hothead who would serve time for beating up somebody at a frat house. And then the wife does doesn't know a whole bunch. Of, the wife doesn't know very much about her husband. And then there's the dog. They're not supposed to bring the dog, and the dog Reggie. Reggie. Oh, you hear Reggie's name a thousand times in this movie in the second act. Because Reggie winds up missing. Oh, it must have been Taylor. Taylor must have come and got the dog. Because Taylor actually came back and uh, he entered the house without uh, making himself known. Even though he told them he was exactly going to do that. Yeah, he brought them a telescope because the sky view was going to be so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And then they were creeped out by that. And then and then uh, something was going on with one of the... Um, I don't know, bathroom or something, and he came and fixed it for Allison Bree. Oh, no, the hot tub wasn't working. Oh, yeah, and Allison. The hot tub from the night s- sexual romp the night yeah. before. Yeah, and then uh, Dan Stevens was really mad that she called 
the uh, that we can't see we can't divulge too much because well, you, can. you get it but I we probably the, already said too much about this movie yeah I oh. like the betrayals and the human element there and I liked the creepy guy well because you know that's what horror movies do well they see I told my off. I told my wife it was a thriller even though uh, the IFC link said thriller slash horror film and I said well I was told this is really a thriller it is a thriller for the first two thirds. But in the last third, it becomes a straight-up horror film because the proto slasher. It's it it it's a different movie in the third act. Yeah, but I liked that about it. Yeah, I did too. I liked it because you knew I was on edge the whole time because you knew something was going to happen because it was a horror thriller, and it's two couples at an Airbnb. Be yeah. that is secluded, and I yeah. will go on record saying I'm never renting an Airbnb. The, the premise wasn't very original, so I'm glad they no, kind no, of no, went no. off in a, di- a different direction there. Yeah, now this even it was sort of a conventional horror direction, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought I thought then it set it, it up. Comes and out I thought nowhere. the music. Uh, no, well, I don't think so. Yeah, that, that's I think that's what made it creepy that it does come out of nowhere. That it was so random. Was, without I'm going to well, try to tiptoe s- around the ending, but there's right. not a, a lot of suspects or red herrings. No. And well, so you, when you realize they're being that there's a stalker, mm-hmm. you're like, well, who the heck could this possibly be? Well, and you then, think. Well, first you think your mind goes to, oh, well, it's uh, it's Taylor. Taylor's brother. No, it's Taylor's brother. Yeah, you think that, and then well, that's because there's no one else to be- think. <laughs> yeah, of. because you don't know. Yeah, there's no. I I love the credits. I really the credits. Did. The credits are really well done because it's. You can give this away. It's. Uh, CCTV footage and up in the upper corner instead of uh, the time and date it's the director the writer the actors it's it's really well done I thought that was very clever I thought for his first movie and he co-wrote it with Joe Swanberg who is a graduate of Southern Illinois University of Carbondale oh well then yes he's a mumblecore pioneer and he did that movie with uh, Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde called Drinking Buddies Mm. which I actually technically he he launched Lena Dunham's Greta Gerwig's and the Duplass Brothers careers yes so yes because of Tiny Furniture and also um, Kissing on the Mouth Hannah Takes the Stairs and he uh, yeah the Duplass Brothers Mm -hmm. yeah Mm mm-hmm so I enjoyed it. I liked the spookiness of the. I liked the cinematography. I liked all the steamy, the mist and the well, shadows. I didn't, I didn't think it was. Maybe it was just because. Well, I was watching it on my sixty-five inch television set through the computer, and I did not. I didn't think it was shot well at all. Tom, how did it go on the I big screen? Mean at the sixty-five hundred inch. Yes, exactly. At the, uh, the high point, I thought it looked great. It did remind me of some of the. Oh, the Italian giallo slasher films from the 70s, the way it looked in its final third, especially Torso. Even the, the, the way the, the guy was dressed was right out of a, an 80s slasher movie. Um, I thought it looked great. I didn't, I didn't have any problem with the way it looked. Yeah, it's rated R for violence, language yeah. throughout, drug use, and no some nudity. sexuality. There's a couple of shower scenes, but no nudity. Yeah, the, it, it, well, it's, it's, it's shot weird, too, especially especially for something like that. Especially, the camera would be there to see them naked, and you don't see anything. You just see their faces. But that's a technical stuff. But I, I defer to you, Tom Stockman, because okay. you are our, our horror okay. master. And if you say it's a good horror film, I well, believe it's, you. It's the best horror movie I've seen at the theater in many months. <laughs> yeah, but and it's, it's not, not, the, not the only one I've seen. Yeah, but it's not too it. bloody. It's not too bloody. And I it's, like blood. Well, and it's 88 it, minutes. Yeah. Uh, and one of the characters meets a fate that is not deserved. That that's one of the things that upset me. Yeah. But but as Tom said, that's the randomness of a slasher effect. 
flick. I don't know if any of them deserved what they. Well, true. Yeah. But it's not deserved. They all they all have their demons. You didn't know that this character had any demons, and then that character is killed first. Right. Well, substitute the Airbnb for camp. Uh, you know, summer camp. Sleepaway back camp in the day. You know, and so it's no. That, if you uh, had sex, you died. That was that was yeah. what happened. Yeah. Well. It does have that sort of a vibe to it, but I, I really enjoyed it and way better than I thought because you had told me what you thought of it. I did first not care for it. And then oh. I watched it and I was like, well, I really like this. Yeah, the writing was sharp. <laughs> you know, the confrontations between these characters seemed real. They yes, were it is very like real. Camp Sleepaway. These were early 30s. Uh, Semi-successful. Who had, yeah. who had, uh, some of them had made some of them had made um, bad choices. Yeah. I like that Dan Stevens was the cool guy, but then the cool guy always has secrets. It's all right. right. You well, know? But you know what? I I defer to the horror master right. if right. because, I, but I do like horror. I thought it was going to be more thriller than horror, and then it was thriller yeah. than horror. Psychological, horror. psychological horror, which is the best kind. All right. You know. Um, I defer to y'all. Yeah, the music was really cool. I didn't think there I didn't was, notice the music. I didn't think anything happened that was unbelievable. No. Well, there was no horror. There was no supernatural elements. No. All right, let's move on to a movie that Lynn won't stop talking about. Yes, God, <laughs> yes. Okay, well. So, okay, I know nothing about this film, and Tom, you saw it also. I saw I did, nothing. I saw it last November. Oh, wow. Oh, this was in the. This, this was part of It played at Sliff. Ah. So I interviewed the director. What was her name again? Uh, Karen Maines. Yeah, she wrote and directed the film, and I interviewed her. And then I actually last week or the week before, I took that interview, and I cleaned it up and reformatted it and reposted it since this movie's coming out. Uh-huh. So it made the festival circuit, and now mm-hmm. it ha- it found a distributor. And, and she here was it here. Is. She was real sweet. I mean, I interviewed her on the phone, but I met her. She, I met her over. I think she was at Ron's party, actually. Oh wow! She, she was at uh, the uh, yeah, and I didn't go because I wasn't feeling well. So this stars one of the girls from Stranger Things. Yes, well, Natalia Dyer. Uh, uh, yes, God, yes is only. Um, it's like less than an hour and a half, isn't it? Right. Mm-hmm. And it's hour and 18 minutes, and it's rated R for sexual content and some nudity. It is about a teenager, and I love that it was set in the year 2000 because she has AOL. Mm. And it reminded me when she goes, you've got mail and chat rooms. So she is questioning. She's very curious about sex, and she goes to a co-ed Catholic school, and to... (laughs) Timothy Simmons, who was Jonah Henry on Veep. Okay. He plays the priest, and he is teaching them that they must be chaste until they're married. Well, yeah. Or else it's they're a going Catholic to be school. damned for all time, mm-hmm. for eternity. And then he says God sees, what, sees everything. Mm-hmm. So she's questioning why is sex a sin. She's questioning a lot of stuff. She gets propositioned in a chat room, mm. and she has those hormonal urges. Let's just put it like that. So she's a teenager trying to deal with her hormonal urges and worrying that she's going to go to hell because of her impurities. Well, she keeps watching Titanic over and over while, touch, <laughs> while touching herself. Oh. <laughs> yeah, she is. Uh, and Nancy, she Nancy's the worst character on Stranger Things. I hate Nancy on Stranger Things. Is this character... Um, oh, she's very sympathetic. Good. She plays Alice, 
And uh, it's Natalia Dyer. Mm-hmm. And she's wonderful in this, I think. So she goes to... So after Discovery and CyberSex, she goes to... A retreat. A retreat. And it's just like, okay, I went to Catholic school for 13 years, and I went to a senior retreat. I and did. I was just... You meet girls at senior retreat, or you would meet boys at senior retreats. And I just cracked up because it's just so perfect how they do everything at this school and what they teach and what her parents, how her parents are. So the cool kid, the cool boy which is a very kind of Christopher Reeve, early Christopher Reeve lookalike. So he's the cool boy captain of the football team. But uh, so he's given all these girls like, you know, serious. Vapor. He gives them the vapors. (laughs) So um, the character, Alice, discovers that even though they are taught uh, nobody should be doing anything, there's a lot of people doing things. Priest is gross. And so, not more, not like in in not terms sexually. of not in terms not with of little boys. Uh, hitting on anybody else. Oh, probably hitting on no, moms. No, he doesn't hit on boys. It doesn't go there. Oh, yeah, which is good. So there's a lot of uh, teenagers in this that are in other things. Alicia Bow is is uh, from, uh, from 13, Thirteen Reasons Why. Yeah, and she was in that awful movie Palms. And, oh, it's Karen Maine. I'm sorry. I gave an S to her last name. She did Obvious Child in 2014. She wrote Obvious Child. She co-wrote it. Yeah, this is her directorial debut. Right. Well, uh, this movie was at South by Southwest last year. It won a special jury award for ensemble acting narrative feature. Well, this this was a short. This This is like Sling Blade. This was a short starring Natalia Dyer, and then she expanded it. So Karen Maine took her own short film and made it a bigger film. And but not much if it's only 78 minutes long. I know, but it's 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 a well-told story. It doesn't really need anything else and more and uh uh it's just it's fun. She gets a le- life lesson from a <laughs> from a biker lesbian. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which uh, you just got to see. But it's very clever. I thought so, Tom. I thought it was very well written. Oh, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, (laughs) It Uh didn't, like I say, I saw it way back in November. It didn't. Did it hit you that much? I did 12 filmmaker interviews. So I kind of went through these movies and interviewed these people in a very short amount of time. It didn't stick with me. I don't. I don't remember the writing being particularly deep. But then I don't remember a lot of things. I don't even remember the lesbian biker. <laughs> and that's something that should have stood out. But, um, Susan yeah, but, Blakewell. But I remember it was, pretty, it was a pretty decent film. There was nothing wrong with it. And especially if you went to Catholic school. Yeah. Or, well, she um, did. She did. Because I remember saying that in an interview. And she talked. She's from Iowa, I think mm. near uh, Des Moines. And she talked about how living in Iowa was just so boring. And, and it's just... You know, you get the pro-life um, billboards all over Iowa. If you ever, I drive up there because my daughter. Are, are the there. ones that just say Jesus? Yeah, there's a lot of that. So she really wanted to get away from that, and she had moved to Chicago and then New York, and and uh, was doing That's her own thing. That's getting away from now. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I do admire her for getting this film uh, under her belt, and and people seem to be enjoying it. I, I just don't remember liking it all that much. Well, but it's not my it's not my kind of thing. No. Well, one of the things it's it's very sweet and gentle. Uh it it isn't hit your face. Actually, probably would like this. It's very slight. I mean, there's not a whole lot to it. But uh, sixteen-year-old girl's sexual awakening. There right. you go. Right. Uh, she has. Uh, there's these rumors. She walked 
into some cooler or something with the boy for like a minute, and then rumors spread. Well, of course. And there's sl- slang for sexual terms, and, and she doesn't even know what that means, and everybody's accusing her of this. And You did and, this. Yeah, and people, sure. and she's like, what are you talking about? So she has to defend herself against these rumors, but you know how high At school the kids are. Yes. Well, it started in the high school. It started in the cafeteria. Okay. And... uh uh, it's just, I thought it just hit the right notes. It just, I was not expecting anything. Tom, did you go to Catholic school? I did not. So maybe this is why. Yeah, <laughs> maybe you, you have to have these shared experiences. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, that the, the Billy Joel song, Only the Good Die Young. Catholic girls <laughs> start much too late. First of all, not true. Second of all, but I would say that I think I would like this because I went on these retreats as a yeah. Freshman and, and, and a senior. And who wasn't an awkward teen? I mean, come on. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yes, God, yes. But I I like this at the period they were the class of two thousand one. Oh nice. Yeah. So that was interesting. But yeah, the whole Titanic thing, the the uh the steamy car scene has <laughs> now did they, did she buck up and show the scene from Titanic where they're in the uh vehicle they just talk about oh, it they and talk. then and then she rewinds her uh vhs, VHS. Yes, yes, now yeah. if you remember that that was on the second tape of the, of the because titanic was two video two tapes, cassettes yeah. worth and it was a like 10 minutes into the second tape where you saw the steamy yeah. sex scene between leo and my well, girl kate carl obviously rewound his many times as well <laughs> so, so that's about as uh, sexy as it gets and then so she's horrified by these guys in the chat room because she's never seen anything like this aol chat so yeah back in the day so if you remember that that was good well Last week, Carl and Jim talked about Easy Does It, and I hadn't and seen it And you didn't yet. believe it was that bad. Well, it is that bad. And then I read a positive review, which even, From whom? I thought I sent it to you. Oh, yeah, yeah, you did. One of the women. Yeah, women, yeah. Female was, journalists. She just thought it was just like, uh, you know, uh, like one of the throwbacks to Cheech and Chong. And she movies. also said she has the movie taste of a 12-year-old boy. right. Well, this movie, the tone is all over the place, and what's it called again? It's Easy called does Easy it. Does it. It's, it's a Barry star, barely starring Linda Hamilton. She's horrible in this. I was embarrassed for her. She was horrible in the last Terminator. Oh, and and yeah. she's this crime lord, but they don't ever explain her. And then Brian Bad. And it, it takes place in the seventies, even though you I mean, is this a could thriller tell, or a comedy? Or yeah, it's a, they to try be, to be a comedy. It's supposed to be a dumb comedy. Lynn, could you if Jim and I wouldn't have told you it took place in the seventies, would you have known it took place in the seventies? Yeah. Well, no, no, because they try to beat you over the head with it. But they don't explicitly say, hey, we're this is taking place in 1976. The best thing about this movie is the production design. And then that's it looks like something. 1976. It's really cool. All these places to stop. Uh, there were moments of of a, a real, you know, heart tugging couple things like his mom uh, left him. Uh, you know, she sends a postcard that mm-hmm. if you're reading this, I'm, I'm dead. dead. And, and so that's a little sweetness. And then there's a character they take hostage who is Colin. Oh, his name is Corey Dumsell. And Dumsnell. He, and he looks exactly like Doug from the Emu, the Emu commercials oh, on yeah, Liberty kinda. 
Liberty Mutual. Mutual. But he has some sweetness. I do like his ending. But the two doofuses that are the leads, they're trying to be um, like like good old boys. They make the Dukes of Hazard look like road scholars. Ben Matheny and uh, Matthew Paul Martinez. Oh, to, and, and Ben Matheny apparently is a big deal in the independent cinema of New Orleans. Okay. And that is probably why he got John Goodman to be the yeah, voice John Goodman and Harry Shearer voice Ooh. characters in this movie. So that's why I think Well no, they're they're both radio voices. Right. So they are just it's just Will Addison is our director and Yeah. But he's New Orleans based. It was excruciatingly painful to watch. <laughs> <laughs> What is this on Netflix or something? No, it is. Uh, it is out video on demand. Uh, you know, so you Tom, I could see this being a B movie. Like, if like they would have showed it before or after Night of the Living Dead, mm-hmm. it might have been like a '60s B movie kind of. Eh. Yeah, but, but, like eat my dust and and those kind of movies, movies that t- try to be cult movies usually fail. Yes. <clears throat> and he has to gain its cult status organically. Correct. Um, I I don't know if they were trying for that, but they failed. Yeah, which is very disappointing. But I thought of you, Tom, because I thought this is like a B movie for a drive-in. What? But it's not. It doesn't have the retro charm of those other movies that we've mentioned before. So the a couple movies I wanted to mention. Uh, I was looking all over for Good Trouble, John Lewis. Yeah, it's the, on Amazon now. That's, right. That's yeah. at uh, the Galleria also. Yeah, I was going to say that. I saw that that it was playing, playing on the Galleria. For, it's been playing there a couple of weeks. In fact, I think it was playing there before he passed away. Ah. Yeah, it was out. Yeah, because, because it was. they were trying to, you know, let him, you know, they knew he was sick. Yeah, and so they there. put it out there. Yeah, so uh, Good Trouble is at the Galleria, and uh, you can rent it for six. Did you see it, Tom? I did not. On uh, Amazon uh, Prime. But it's a Magnolia picture, so I'm surprised they didn't let us have it before. Mm. Things are are weird right now. I know. I, I saw the outpost at the Galleria. What is that? That's the one with Scott Eastwood. It's, oh, yeah, yeah. I reviewed that. <laughs> I told oh, that's, you, you that saw was fantastic. It already. I may see that again. That's still showing. That may be the best movie I've seen since the since the lockdown. Really? Did you see it? I did not. It oh. was good. It oh, was good. It's, it's a uh, great war film. Scott Eastwood and, um, oh, God, I forgot. But it is a good war film. It's very mm. good. It's all, you know, I like movies that stay in their lane. For instance, Easy Does It is so tonally all over the place. On the microphone, Lynn. So totally uh, <laughs> on all over the tone mm-hmm. of Easy Does It. Mm-hmm. I like movies that stick in their lane, you know, <clears throat> like we're not going off on yeah. tangents or anything. Yeah, it's an all-male cast. Yeah, um, it's, it's about that battle in uh, Afghanistan yeah. mm-hmm. that was uh, the... I thought, you said there was, I thought you said there was a female part of a wife... That's no, that's Greyhound with Tom oh, Hanks. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so um, HBO is allowing me to watch their uh, some of their films beforehand, which I'm very happy about. And uh, You haven't seen the last two episodes of I'll Be Gone in the Dark, have you? No. Because uh, no. Pat Oswald said he will not watch those two. He said he'll watch... 
he was involved in making this this miniseries, and he says he will not watch the last two episodes because at the if you haven't been watching at the end of the I have been watching it at the end. No, I'm saying if you I'm explaining if you have not been watching it, the fourth episode is where Michelle dies, and so he says it's gonna it's too painful for him to watch anything after that. Yeah. So Pat, because Pat Oswald was on. Conan, and he's actually been on a lot of things, a yes, lot of he has. promoting this, and his new comedy special, which is he's got a, he's got a shift from tone to hey, watch my comedy special. Oh yeah, and here's about my late wife. But he says he can't watch these because it's too painful. Even though we'll find out who it is, and even though everyone knows who it is because it was a news story, and he pled guilty the first week that the show went on the air. This uh, this documentary, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, six uh, parts, is is so well Two done. Two-thirds over right now. It's it's. I didn't watch last Sunday's. Um, she dies so in this gotta, one. But I, they, they've been leading up to her death the entire well, time. Well, if you know the backstory, you know that, that she, she didn't get to finish her book. And then her friends and Pat Oswalt took it up. And he has been a relentless champion of her work. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just a very... Uh, she worked on this. It was her life's work. It was fascinating she's the one that got it back well she's the one that named him the golden state killer because he was first the east area rapist then the original night stalker and she's like it's the same dude and he's been killing up and down california for a year well not killing killing and raping What's so powerful about this is they talk to the vic- some of the victims. Yeah, the ra- the killer is not the star of this. Yeah, show. they they talk to some of the victims, and their spouse is you know who was also pro- uh, like he's the only spouse that they talk to. Well, um, there's there's this one scene where one of the uh, uh, rape victims is sitting there with her husband, and this is many years later, and they talk about how they could they had a that was like they they bought a house and. That was their first house, but then they had to move because they couldn't live there anymore. Well, of course not. And just the look on the husband's face mm-hmm. while they're interviewing the wife, it's just so sad. And then this one girl, she was at home. She didn't go somewhere with her family. can't remember. And she was playing piano. She was like 15. Yeah, 15. And she was playing piano, and all of a sudden, there he is. Mm-hmm. I, I just can't even imagine the terror of that. And then he violated her repeatedly for a couple hours, and she's this young girl. And it's just, it's so well done, but it's just so hard. But they have all this archive footage. Yeah, that's they, what my wife says. She's like, we have to be in a certain, we can't eat this, watch this during dinner. We can't do no. this when we're, the day hasn't been good. You, there's a certain time and place to watch a movie like this or yeah. a series like this it is especially it's draining uh, this yeah the second and third episode it just really gets because this guy was a police officer hey Tom. hey hey if you are oh, watching yeah. it cold you don't know that till episode six. Oh well i thought I well thought, it, I thought, well yeah. and if you know if you follow the news you know that he's a former right police officer. because they show it on see i guess because i watched so much news and i knew about this book and i knew about everything going on but it's it's so well told if you're but, if you're not familiar with the case you spoiled who it was, even though he has pled guilty. But, well, also, 
one of the fascinating aspects is the online groups that are that are amateur sleuths. The true crime podcast series people. Yeah. Right. And they get involved with helping with this. And they will be involved in episode five a lot because once she has passed, they are the ones that help finish the book. And it's, to me, that's a whole other element. Who was the original author? A Michelle McNamara, Mrs. Patton Oswalt. Oh, and she passed away. She, she passed away. Uh, because she, she could well, she had, well, we'll find out more in episode five, but she had a heart condition, and this case was consuming her, so she would she couldn't sleep, so she would, she took, took sleeping things. pills, including what killed Prince, Tom Petty, and everybody else, fentanyl. Mm. So, And that's why... Well, she was taking Xanax to wake up. At, maybe, maybe I have that wrong. But the fentanyl to go to sleep because she was having nightmares every night. And she needed to finish this book. And uh, you will be very sad at the end of episode four, Lynn, when you finally watch it. I know. Well, he talks about it um, a little bit early on. And, stuff. and then I read about how he found her and all that kind of stuff. So, yes, they, yeah, they kind of – the way they do it is very uh, tastefully done. And then uh, they have a daughter, and he's remarried, Alice. and people can't believe he's remarried. But if you watch the comedy special, he explains it. And, right. And, he's, and it's not like he got married, like, the next day. No, no. But I, I get it. A year or two after that. I get it. And, and he was the, a single dad trying to raise a, what, I think she was, like, nine or ten when she right. died. And so watch the comedy special afterwards because it is it it's very true to life. And he talks about taking his daughter to Denny's, and it's mm. a it's a sweet. They have a sweet father daughter relationship. Yes. So anyway, but he was on the book. He was on the book tour. Yeah. And he was signing, and he. I got just, my picture with him when he was in town on that comedy tour. He, uh, you know, I've always admired his work, and then he I, did not want to be there. <laughs> I bought uh, Tim the Silver Screen Fiend book, which I lent to you. Yes. And, uh, yeah, so I've always enjoyed him. Uh, yeah, his but... his movie, did you see Big Fan? I yeah. did, yes. That's the only thing I've seen him in. Uh, did you see Young Adult with Charlize uh, yeah, Theron? I guess I've seen him in things. Wasn't he yeah. the, a voice in Ratatouille? Yeah, he was. He was yeah. Remy. I mean, I know who he is. I just never watched him. And uh, Young Adult, he was an Oscar-nominated Best Supporting Actor. No, and he wasn't. With the bad, with the, that no, sex. No, Leanne, I'm, I don't think that's correct. I think he might have. He no, was nominated? Well, it was not nominated for an Oscar. For, he was? Uh, well, I'm gonna look it up. I do. I do remember that sex scene with him and Charlize Theron. With he, because you hear about his bum leg the whole time, and then during the sex scene, you see he's got he's got a little gimpy leg, and it's very <laughs> off-putting. I like that movie, Young Adult. I do Jason too. Reitman, and a lot of people don't. But what? Why would you not like them? It didn't. Uh, it didn't do well. I think it was after Juno, and so it was. It was his. Well, or was it after Up in the Air? I think it was after Up in the Air. It was after both. Yeah, I think it was after both of them. It was after yeah. Juno, for sure. Yeah, because Juno was like, what, 08, oh, 09? Patton Walnut was never nominated for an Oscar. Okay, well, I'm sorry. Well, he was nominated, he was nominated for, for an Emmy. Yeah, for uh, his Netflix special, Talking for Clapping. But he was nominated for um, something. I mean, maybe it was a Grammy, Emmy. Nominated for Broadcast Film Critics Association. Yeah, we we nominated for Big Fan for uh, we did Best Actor. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh. So Lynn's okay. We all get okay. old. Okay. Yeah. 
So uh, this documentary that I watched on HBO is called Stockton on My Mind, and it premieres. It's about you, Tom. Uh, on. It's called my name <laughs> Stockman. Stockton. Stockton. Go ahead. Stockton on My Mind, and it premieres Tuesday on HBO. By the way, yes, God, yes. It's got a weird opening. It is avail- It was available yesterday in theaters, virtual theaters. I don't know what that means. And uh, video on demand. And then on the 28th, it goes, I guess it goes wider. But it's got a weird release thing. Okay, but what about Stockton on yeah, My Mind? Stockton <laughs> on My Mind opens on HBO Tuesday. And it is about the mayor of Stockton who is Michael Tubbs, and he was elected when he was 26 years old. Stockton is where? California? California. Mm-hmm. It's it's a city over 300,000. He's the first African-American mayor of the town. And he was when he was 22? 26. Oh, 26? And he is the youngest mayor in all of the United States for a city over 300,000. So it is... I thought this movie looked a little bit like the Cory Booker movie, Brick City. And it's directed by the same guy, Mark Levin. And he, R. Levin. And uh, Stockton is one of the poorest, most violent, and least literate communities in the United States. And uh, when the financial crash hit in 2008, 80% of their homes were foreclosed on. Whoa. Yes. So it's got a lot of issues, and it talks about how he is trying to reinvent uh, Stockton. His dad was in prison for most of his life, Mm -hmm. and this kid went to Stanford. Oh, wow. And he's been... yeah, he has a, he has a lot of famous friends now because he went to Stanford. Well, and he also, so, you know, so is, is the guy mayor, that mayor he, of a California city. Yeah, well, he went to uh, college with the guy who founded Snapchat, who gave him this huge donation to I'm start sure. this program called Stockton Scholars. So they invest in these kids to go to college so that they will come back and do good things for the city. So has he turned it around? He has, and he's got this really good team of people that are trying to uh, reinvent Stockton. And his slogan is, I wrote this down. What is it? It's um, something about. Uh, well, I guess I can't find. Upset the setup. Upset the setup. Yeah, and so he's really trying. But he's been on all these. Uh, uh, you know, TV shows, and the first thing he says, they always bring up my age. Like Bill Maher introduces him, and this is the youngest mayor. He's 27 and 28 and 29, you know, so that. So it shows his life. It shows what he wants to do. It shows why he hasn't left Stockton and why he hasn't given up on Stockton. And it shows that uh, they were so upset with the things he was trying to do. Some of the older residents tried to recall him, but it didn't take. So would, would you like to see more of this? Would you like to see a, like a follow-up to find out what happens in Stockton? Yeah, I found it very fascinating, and I really enjoyed it. And I think uh, it speaks to contemporary things going on in the world right now, which is probably why they got it out right now. So do they like him now? Yeah, they do. They he didn't get any votes for the recall. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> then why? That well, seems like people, a waste of taxpayer well, dollars. Well, people thought that he was spending the taxpayer dollars for all his little 
programs, and then they found out he wasn't. He was getting all these investors because he went to, you know. Stanford. Stanford. And, uh, yeah, it's it's just very well done, very well done documentary, and I really enjoyed it. And the next night, July 29th, they, they didn't offer this one, but I'm going to see about it. It's called The Weight of Gold, and it is a documentary about all these gold medal athletes about what happens after hmm. the Olympics, after they're done with. They should have put this out, you know, maybe two weeks or a month before there were any sports coming on. But now there are sports to divide the attention of people that would probably like to have seen that. Well, this looks really good because it's got uh, Michael Phelps, mm-hmm. Apollo Ono, mm-hmm. Bodie Miller. I've heard of all these people. Yeah, Sasha Cohen. Now, but see, th- those are really famous people who have won gold. What about some not-so-famous people who have won gold? Well, they probably have some of those in, in there, too, but I just, I'm based in this on the trailer. Mm-hmm. Tom, are there yeah. any movies that you have seen that uh, you'd like to make people known about? While since we've had you oh, here last, you mean new movies? Yeah. Oh, I saw. I've seen some new movies. I saw one called Dead Dicks the other night. Really? It's sort of a sci-fi movie about this guy named Dick, and he keeps dying, trying to kill himself. But then there's this big hole in his wall, and every time he kills himself, another dick pops out of the this hole in the wall. You meaning him? Yes, yes, yes. So then he's got this apartment full of dead dicks, and so he, and his sister comes over, and the uh, the inspector's coming over, so they have to clean up all these dead bodies. It's it's it's, it's an somewhat amusing. Premise. I enjoyed that. Was something they so sent me. So comedy in the mail. horror. I did see a, a great documentary. I'm interviewing the director next week. It's called uh, Skin: The History of Nudity in the Movies. Really? Yes, and it's. Uh, Produced by the guy who does the Mr. Skin website. Oh, nice! And who uh, is a family man, and his daughter, yeah. his daughter's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's he gets my a lot. He gets a lot of good interviews. You know, Jamie Lee Curtis and mm-hmm. Pam Greer and Linda Blair. And, all these people have been naked uh, in movies. People, and, and he really goes back into the silent period, and he talks about the Hays Code and the, right. the nudity, and you know, like the Tarzan movies and things like that. Tarzan and, had nudity. In oh, them? the first two did. The first two had a lot of nude swimming scenes. Really? Um, yeah, but then the Hays Code kicked in, and then you watch the, the subsequent ones, and you're like, well, why is Maureen Sullivan wearing a bikini or wearing a swimsuit in this one when she was swimming naked in the first two? Um, that, that, that's a good documentary. Uh, it's just called Skin. It's called Skin, the History of Nudity in the Movies. And, um, well, so what format's what that going to be? <laughs> I'm trying to think what else I watched. I did watch Soul Survivors, the true story of the Leonard Skinner plane crash. Oh, really? But there's two There's two movies about the Leonard Skinner plane crash. One's a documentary, and this is a narrative. This really? is told from the point of view of uh, Pyle. What was his first name? Well, he was the guy who survived. He was the drummer who survived the plane crash. Artemis Pyle. Artemis Pyle. Yeah. He, uh, and it's told from his point of view, and he apparently... Had, had been sued Got by the, the band, so they weren't able to use Leonard Skinner's songs. Uh, one, they only used one Leonard Skinner song, which is kind of weird when you're making a movie about a band, mm-hmm. a real band. So, so what song was it? Uh, the, the the breeze. Oh, call me the breeze. Call me the breeze. Yes, that's the only Leonard Skinner song in the whole movie. Which but is, there's all this which music is a great that song. sort of it is, but there's all this music sort of sort of sounds like it mm-hmm. would be Leonard Skinner music. But they could but only pay for one. But it was a pretty good film. You know, it's pretty, so it's a narrative, dramatic film. Yeah, yeah. Now, did you see the did you see the documentary as well, or just the? Uh, I, I did see some of the documentary the other night. Was when I was at a friend's house, uh, but I've seen a lot of movies. I mean, I've seen. Um, I saw 
was it called Stacy or Becky? Becky with Becky. Did you guys see that with uh, no? Who's I the heard Who's the guy it. from King of Queens? Uh, uh, Pat Oswalt. No, no, Kevin no. James. <laughs> Kevin James. Did I say the right show? Yes, that is. Oh, the okay, King yeah. Of well, Kevin James. He plays. You no, know, Kevin James is a big guy. Yes, he is. So I guess he was trying to get away from the comedy role, so he played the skinhead. So they shave his head and they tattoo this giant swastika right on his top of his head. So. What? <laughs> yeah, which which that, that that already goes halfway from the com- the, the comedian you're used to to this uh, mm-hmm. villain. So, well, so it's not a very it's not a very good. He's playing movie, against though. type, huh? Yeah, he's playing against type. He escapes from prison and it's sort of a and Joe a McHale's home invasion. in it too. Yes, yes, he 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 plays the father of this. Uh, that's Lu- in this home, and Lulu these prisoners Wilson. break out of the prison, and then they end up at this home, and it's a home invasion thriller. Lulu basically. Wilson, who is, uh, uh, she's that's her entire genre. She's done. Yeah. She does mostly what she was in Ouija. She was in Annabelle. Yeah, Becky, uh, but that's that was at the Galleria. Haunting of Hill House. Shit was. Yeah. Probably There's another one at the Galleria right now called. Oh shoot, it's a horror Amulet. Uh, Amulet. Amulet. Yeah, yeah Amulet, Amulet, which I haven't seen. I did see one called Followed. Mm-hmm. These. That was at the gallery. I saw that with my daughter a couple weeks ago. That was pretty good. That was about a kid who does a, uh, a YouTube series, and he's going. So it's all like found, not found footage, but it's all footage from his YouTube right. series, and he investigates this haunted hotel. Well, Tom, that was pretty good. My question is: What you've been to drive-ins? You've been, been to, to Galleria. You've been to High Point. I've been to the uh, what are those called? The B and Bs. I've been to the one in Wildwood and the one in Wentzville. And how? Without saying which one's the best, how uh, are, are some experiences better than others? Well, the High Point's the best. Yes. Um, High Point's always been my favorite theater in St. Louis. It's not the most comfortable movie, th- movie theater. You don't have your reclining seats and stuff like that. But, but it's I, a movie theater. Yeah, exactly. You go there and you feel like you've kind of gone back into a time machine. Mm-hmm. And you're in a movie theater that was built in 1922, which exactly it was. And it hasn't changed very much. No, I will. Uh, I love the the high point and i always will and i'm so glad they they've reopened back up i was so worried about them the galleria is is a nice theater the sound system is nice at the galleria the seats are comfortable the picture looks great but i'm always the only one there i've seen they've been doing a lot of retro stuff i saw jackie brown there a couple weeks ago oh, wow. nobody else was in the audience i saw mad max fury road and they showed the chrome edition which oh. was neat and i was the only one there um what else but are you going in the daytime or are you going in the I'm usually going in the daytime, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying there's nobody in the theater, but those movies have been empty except for me. When I saw um, The Outpost, there was three or four people there. Um, I don't, But I think Becky, I was the only one there. I don't know. I don't know what to And how think. about the B&Bs? The B&Bs... We were the only one there. I took my daughter to see Twister because she had never oh, seen wow. that. And we enjoyed that. And then I saw a horror film with my daughter and my girlfriend and myself. We were the only three people. It was called uh, Wretched. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't very memorable. But, no. again, we were the only ones there. It, it, it's odd. I mean, the, the people that work there, they all wear masks, of course, but they're not, they don't really make eye contact. It's, 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 it's a weird experience well were you wearing a mask maybe oh uh, yeah it. i was wearing a mask. okay um but the gallery is I'm, I'm glad they had the six screens seems like about half of them they're showing new movies and half of them they're showing old movies i feel bad for the gallery some guy got shot there the other night in the yes. head and then during the day on, but it wasn't lunchtime. it wasn't at the theater was no, it? no 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 it was, no, it was in dillard's floor, it was at dillard's but he okay. fell on the escalator you know with Ew. this big hole in his head which which is like a scene and then somebody else got film. shot too 
seen it. Yeah. Two, two people got shot, one guy died. Right. Yeah, they, they were on the second floor, yeah. and uh, 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 there's video of the guy laying at the bottom of the escalator. Why would you watch that? I know. Well, the, uh, Kevin Johnson of The Post put on Facebook, if you are posting that, you can unfriend me now. But but it's it's a huge problem. They opened the Metro Link across the street five mm-hmm. or six years ago and ever since their you know, shoplifting has gone up three hundred percent. All these a lot of little stores have had to close because of the shoplifting. It has become the ghetto mall, I hate to say it. Well it's because it's bad news. There aren't that many malls in St. Louis. What well, are there's West three? County Mall or South County Mall? I mean, and the Alleria, that's about it. Yeah. Plaza Front. There's Front, but <laughs> teenagers don't like to hang out. Yeah. Uh, well, the um, yes. the, ga- the Galleria, <clears throat> it happened at 1230 mm-hmm. lunchtime. People were at the restaurants for yeah. lunch. And so it was a huge. Yeah, yeah it was a big out, deal. They cleared out the mall. But the drive in. But they also had people that were. They also had workers that they were told to be in lockdown yeah. and trapped in their little back offices for hours on end before they could clear the building. I know. And there were shoppers in there, too, that they had to stay. Mm-hmm. They had to stay. Uh, yeah. I think that would be very scary. Yeah, but it's going to keep people away. You know, it will. If they're having enough trouble getting people in that movie theater and stuff like that's just going to make it worse. But let's talk about the drive-ins. Right, right, the right. drive-ins have been packed. Now, the drive-ins have been packed. Skyview yeah. has been opening up little by little due to Illinois laws. Well... I think they had a delay, but they've been open pretty consistently. No, no, I'm, so, I'm talking about they're opening the things at the Skyview. Like they, oh. Oh, first it was only they'll bring you the popcorn to your seat. Oh, yeah. And, and the bathrooms they didn't open for right. a while. They're open now. They're, they have Johnny on the spots for a while. But all the movies have been retro. They've got a they had Empire great Strikes double back. features. They had the Empire Strikes Back. They had the Mummy and the Mummy Returns. They've got West Side Story there now. Yep, West Side Story just for... Yeah. That's going to be the entire movie yeah. all night well, since it's so long. Hours long. Right. Um, Space Jam and Space Balls. Space Balls. And next week, or in a couple weeks, they've got uh, From Russia with Love and Goldfinger. Really? Wow. Um, I'm not, don't tell my I, wife I, any of that. I saw Jaws there. We saw, oh, there's, there, then there's the Sky View, in two words, mm-hmm. that's over in Litchfield. That's a nice one, too. We saw Braveheart there a couple weeks ago. Um, we saw Bullet. Really? Steve McQueen. On a Sunday night, and there was a lot of old '60s Mustangs. Guys who love who love Mustangs love that movie Bullet. So. Do you think that uh, this is a coordinated effort by the studios to release uh, classic films like that? Because, or else, or else, Empire Strikes Back or Jaws or Jurassic Park wouldn't have been the number one movie in the country if there wasn't a coordinated effort to release certain films at certain times. I, I, I don't know the answer to that question. I think they're releasing old movies that they think people will, will want to see. It's 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 more to save the industry. It's more complicated than that. I don't know if it's going to save the industry, but it just gives it certainly gives the, the people that own the drive-ins some um, programming. Now, some drive-ins in other cities I notice have been showing newer movies, like right. like the Rental is showing at drive-ins in other cities. I'm not sure why St. Louis isn't St. Louis. There's three St. drive-ins. There's three drive-ins in, in a reasonable driving distance to St. Louis. <clears throat> and none of them have shown any new movies. No. Yeah, which I don't quite Sorry, understand why. Oh. I said that movie drivers aren't showing new movies. <laughs> Lynn, Lynn's Siri is, is responding to, to Tom. Um, but maybe they will. Maybe they will. But I kind of, I, I'm kind of digging seeing the old movies at the driving. Well, they're I making, like they're movies. making bank because uh, Jaws is playing. I think Jaws, Jaws is, is playing at the Galleria too. Yeah, yeah. Jaws is is big. Well, I'm guessing that I, th- there has to be a coordinated effort, or else 
I wouldn't think that Disney would have said uh, certain theaters can show Empire Strikes Back. I said, I'm guessing Disney said, hey, if you guys want to show Empire Strikes Back, here are the prints and you can do it this weekend because yeah. it, it hasn't been anywhere else. And Skyview said that they were going to show they were going to show Star Wars, but that never happened. Yeah, they, they couldn't show Star Wars for some reason. I well, yeah, I it. think it's it's all about availability of what they can get. They did show Trolls World Tour. I will say this. They did. Now, well, uh, that, that, that's yeah, when they Despicable Me one, two, and three. Yeah. Now uh, over, the, over the course of two weekends, uh, middle of July. That's when the the theaters planned to come back because it was everything was based on Tenet. Coming to the theaters uh-huh. in mid-July, or New Mutants. and AMC, and uh, was going to open. And uh, Marcus was didn't announce, but they said coming soon. So Tenet was then pushed back to August, and then now it is postponed indefinitely. This is the third time it has and been Mulan, postponed. And Mulan, I think. So. Yeah, Mulan, Mulan is was indefinite. Uh, Top Gun has been moved to July. Uh, Everything's been moved except year. New Mutants. They were at the Comic Con on. Comic-Con at home this week, and they said they're still planning on uh, coming out this year. And A Quiet Place 2 got moved to April of next year. (laughs) So Bill and Ted is going to be a video on demand and in certain theaters on September 1st. Now, to me, that would be a good drive-in movie. Bill and Ted? Yeah. All movies are good drive-in movies. So, yeah, well, that's where most of my film, when I was a kid, that's where I saw it. Oh, yeah. That's what we did with big families. And I talked to Pete at the Tivoli, Mm -hmm. and he's he's the manager of the Tivoli. He's been kept in the dark. But he did say that— Tom? Well, Tom— Tom, Pete's really the, the, manager. the manager. He's Tom. I now, Tom is, is it is. Landmark or do they yeah, have their own? Yeah, Landmark said they're really keeping him in the dark. Although he did say a giant box of cleaning supplies uh, showed, showed up. up. Well, that day. was nice. So take that as you will. But oh, I went for the Tivoli to open up. And, you know, Tivoli's like the high point. You can get, you know, over 300 people in there and social distance. But so it seems safely. like it's, it's, it's more cavernous. Yeah. So I yeah, the bigger theaters go. are going to be able to do that. And it's weird. Some of these indie films, like uh, I was going to watch um, uh, Words on Bathroom Walls, which is supposed to be coming out, yeah, but, but it was it was going to be based on a book, and it was supposed to be coming out next week. And then they've even on these smaller films that they're releasing digitally, they're yeah. pushing them. Back. They're pushing them back. I just got the link for that last night. Really, I don't know where they're. Um, I gotta find out about that. I don't know where. But nobody knows. Nobody no. seems to know. Even when we had that conference call, Pete that Pete was on, he didn't seem to know much. And but well, to, well, when he did, he he said, "There's nothing to tell you." Yeah, because I can get you guys into a screening in mid-August of some movie you never heard of. It was but. about gallery. What was a gallery? And now they pushed that back. Yeah. Well, this is what's happened. The numbers are spiking. The deaths are really going high. Uh, we have surpassed um, uh, four million now. The thing is, we went from, think about this, when we were shut down in, in March, it took five months to get to two million people having it. Mm-hmm. And it has only taken two weeks for it to double mm-hmm. to four million. Well, Six weeks. Yeah. Six weeks to double well, to four million. So think about that. Five months to two million, six weeks to double to four million. That is why everything is up in the air. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, uh, it's just it's just gonna. We don't know. Nobody knows in schools. If you have kids in school, you don't know what's going on. 
And uh, you guys have kids in high school, so. Yeah, and the the bill is due in six days, but they're not 100% sure of the plan yet. Yeah, well, I wouldn't think anything is just like all up in the air. So, and then Missouri, we're one of the states that can't travel anymore. What? Well, you know, you have to quarantine if you go to certain places like uh, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. We are on the... Uh, we are on the quarantine list. So even if I wanted to go see my son in Brooklyn, uh, I would have to quarantine for two weeks before I would be allowed. To, hmm. So you just don't I'm tell people North where North Carolina you're, in or, two weeks. Yeah. Well, North Carolina, I think is is okay, but driving is different than flying these yes. days. So um, you can just sneak into the state. So it's just going to be up in flux, just like theater. I did want to mention a couple theater things. The Muni is having every Monday night for five Mondays, which we just had episode one. It's it's uh, the summer variety hour live, and it was delightful. It Monday broke night. records. It was wonderful. And if you uh, don't watch it Monday, you can watch it on Thursday night. Right, but that's it. That's what they do. They have stars from uh, past seasons, and then they have cast reunions and sing-alongs. And it's all done. Remember in the 70s when they would have those summer variety hours on TV? Yeah. And uh, it's got that vibe going, and it's really clever, and it's... Where where do you see this? um, On On their YouTube channel. YouTube Uh, channel. Where are they performing? Uh, at home. At home. Oh, well, Mike Isaacson is live at the Muni. And then under the Culver Pavilion, they had Ken Page sing Memory, and that was fantastic. Really? Yes, that was fantastic. And then they had the cast of Paint Your Wagon sing How Can I Wait to Close the Show. They had the Muni kids. They're having this thing where they're having a couple that have been at the Muni. So they had Hunter Foster and uh, his wife, Jen Cody. If you remember uh, Adam's family, Carl. I do. She was the grandma. Ah. And she was also one of the strippers in Gypsy. Ah, Gypsy. Yeah. And so anyway, (laughs) she and Hunter are married for 23 years. Hunter's the brother of Sutton Foster. Ah, heard of her. Yeah. Okay. So he's been at the Muni a couple times. Anyway, they sang from their house. They sang a song from Charlie Brown. And... Mm. uh, then the Muni kids sang Happiness because you got little kids singing right. Happiness from Charlie Brown, so it was really adorable. Were they close? And then they had um, some of the some of the um, Muni chorus people. They, uh, you know, the young ones that are always in mm-hmm. the ensemble. The Muni teens. Uh, no, these were the actual, you know, like the college kids that come home every summer and are in the ensemble. They had them sing We Go Together from Greece, and it was really lively and peppy. So and are they going to use this fun. year's schedule and make that next summer's schedule? Yes, they yeah. are. Uh, that's what they, they're doing. That's and the plan. So it's, it's um, yeah, it's over an hour, actually, and they have a seven So it's minute. not the no. summer variety hour. It's the yeah, si- summer variety hour plus. And they had a seven-minute intermission where they showed pictures of Forest Park, which was really pretty. And they also interviewed a lot of the back scene uh, people, and uh, they had little segments of that. And then they had some archival clips. And Laura Teeter, they had him pre-recorded where he danced throughout the Muni in a number called Take Me Away, and it was really clever. And his son Charlie was in it a little bit, but he wasn't dancing. Speaking of the Teeter uh, family... His daughter Elizabeth is quite an actress. She was on Broadway as one of the little as the little girl in uh, Mary Poppins. Hmm. 
and she has Jane. Been, uh, she has, uh, yeah, she has been on the Muni stage, and she is going to be tonight in the Tennessee Williams uh, radio play oh, on one hundred seven point three. They're doing this. Property is condemned, which was a movie with Robert Redford and Natalie Wood. and Charles Bronson. Natalie Wood marries Charles Bronson in that film. Uh-huh. What? Yes. So, but so uh, wasn't it a, was it originally a play or did Tennessee Williams write this for the? It was originally screen? a play. Yeah. Okay, and so they're doing on what's nice about the Tennessee Williams Festival. It's one of my favorite things in all of St. Louis, and uh, they are doing his one acts, and so they've got uh, uh, several of them lined up, and they're every other Saturday night at five p.m. on one hundred seven point three. That's FM. the classical music station. Yes, I love and, that station. And if you miss it. You can listen to it, and it's fun listening to a radio play. It's also mm-hmm. on. It's also on now HD two, which is one hundred six point. I'm sorry, it's ninety six point three dash two. If you have an HD radio, aha. Uh-huh. Well, but, it's been delightful because the first one was called the Lady of Larkspur Lotion, and it had three people. And it, I hadn't listened to a radio play in a while. And usually they do the It's a Wonderful Life radio play yeah. a lot. Or but, no, like uh, uh, Kevin Colleen does one every year for Christmas on KMOX. And it was fun. Mm-hmm. It was really enjoyable. And so I'm looking forward to tonight because I did remember seeing the movie This Property is Condemned. But I didn't remember she married Charles Bronson. Yeah, she does it to spite Robert Redford. As she should. Uh-huh. <laughs> speaking of Charles Bronson. Microphone lens. Speaking of Charles Bronson, Tom, hmm? uh, you did a film uh, for the French Film Festival. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's Actually, you can still order that, I think, through tomorrow. Yeah, Yeah, I thought it was July 31st, or maybe <laughs> it is July I think 27th. It, I, think, I think it started this past Friday. Oh, no, I think it started well, a weekend. week ago. Yeah. It was yeah. a week ago. Yeah, I, I, I did. And I filmed the, I filmed an introduction, about a 10-minute introduction, which I think will be on YouTube for free. But then after – then if you pay 10 bucks, you can watch the movie right around the way, which I highly recommend. And, and then you can watch Cliff and I talk about it for 40 more minutes. Wow. After, you know, it was supposed to be after the movie. Mm-hmm. So we just went on and on and on. He had never seen it, although he had shown a couple of films by that same director at um, the Classic French Film Festival before. Yeah, but it it was it it came right on the heels of the St. Louis Filmmaker Showcase. <clears throat> it even overlapped a couple of days, so I. I, I it did. I, so I I don't think it, it's gotten as much press as the as the Showcase did. Yeah, and it was <clears throat> only three movies this year because they movies, couldn't yeah. get you know the old movies. It's uh it was, since they're all they're, they've gone all digital. We gave you a plug last Thank week, Tom. Oh, we I did. did. Mm-hmm. We did mention you. Oh yeah. And I do have it posted on my website, poplifestl.com, the press release for the uh, film festival. Uh, Fortunately, we didn't win anything. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. It's an honor to be nominated. It's an honor. I was hoping to win Best Actor. Um, Well, the weird weird thing is I'd never heard of Easy Bake, and that won a ton of awards. Yeah. Did you watch it? Uh, They sent me the link to Easy Bake, but I... Send it to never me. Got I, around to watch I it. would like to see it. It's not. It's only like a half hour. I did hour. see the documentary about the hill. Now that was fantastic. That was yeah. That good. was their biggest seller yeah. ever. Ever. Yeah, I believe it. Well, also a lot of people from town are in this movie, yeah. and have something invested in it. And it, as my wife says, it is very positive. There's really yeah. nothing negative said 
in the movie, except, you know, about Sicilians. <laughs> yeah, well, the only thing I thought we had a shot at was... Um, comedy. Comedy, and then a web series, episodes one and two, one. Which is, seems odd. But, the, but, but the, they've had web, webisodes before in, the, in that comedy. Right, and... Yeah, when Tom and, and I were judges... And they also do that. They've done movies like that. That's how the Clone Wars movie by Star Wars came out as a movie because it was just three episodes of the TV show. Yeah. So anyway, uh, speaking of Cinema St. Louis, uh, Tom, I was invited to be part of the Golden Anniversaries as I have the past two years, previous two years. Uh, Did you pick out your film yet? Uh, I talked to Cliff about it. No, I. Well, yeah, I think I'm doing um, Beyond the Valley of the Dawn. Ooh. Yeah, as soon as I saw that title, so Cliff sent me the invite to I see if I... I didn't get a, a formal invite. This was more in our discussion after that. Oh, well, they always... I so, so they sent me a list. They go, hey, would you like to be part of the Golden Anniversaries? And here's the list of films we're doing. And then Cliff goes, and these are already taken. <laughs> and uh, Beyond the Valley of the Dolls was the first one. And I thought, I yeah. bet Tom Stockman has that one. Oh, yeah. And then they're having a double feature of Woodstock and Gimme Shelter, which was taken. And MASH was taken. And uh, another double feature was taken. And so I selected from the list of films that was available, I selected John Cassavetti's Husband's. 1970, the birth of the indie movie. And I am so excited. It wasn't taken. So I'm so excited I get to do this movie in the golden anniversary. So my date is August 24th, and I will promote this when we find out much more news. But it's going to be this series. They did this, they started this two years ago, the films of 1969. Because it was 50 years later. Right. And they had a slew of them, and they showed them at the library. Well, it is 68. And then, oh, yeah, yeah. And then... 68, Yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. And now they're doing 70. Yeah, it was 68, 69, and now 1970. So I was really excited about last year. I did Alice's Restaurant, and oh, my God, that has not aged well. No, that's... Well, first of all, the film was very slight to begin. (laughs) Oh, when we were watching it. And so afterwards, I had to do the Q&A with the audience, you know. And they're like, what the hell was that? And and everybody was like, because at first, you know, I did this really, uh, you know, really fun. Didn't fact you watch thing. it before you? Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah. no, I'm saying, didn't I'm... you watch it before you watched it with an audience? No, I watched it. I in '68. Well, I watched it in college. They showed it to us in film class, and then I've seen it a couple other times. So I did all my research, and I had really fun facts, and I had fun facts about. Uh, of, about Arlo Guthrie and what he thinks about it now and stuff like that. And, and then so, you watched And it. then I watched it with the audience, and afterwards I was like, well, that has an age when everybody's laughing. Yeah. And so most people just kind of, you know. I hosted They Shoot Horses, Don't They?, which has aged wonderfully. Well, because it's a it was a period piece. <laughs> and it was a very well-written and made Right. Film. Oh, that was a great movie, and that brought Jane Fonda back. That was her uh, comeback movie. Well, it wasn't so much her comeback movie. It was it was her first attempt at being a serious actress. She was uh, known as a comedian and an ingenue, and this was a movie where she wanted people to take her seriously. Which is always was, a good thing. Yes. And so, anyway, that's going to come up, the golden anniversaries of 1970, and it's all going to be virtual, and it's going to be similar to what Tom said. We do an intro, and then... You, you can the watch movie. the intro for free, and then, and then do you have to pay for the uh, Q and A afterwards, or is that part yeah, of? Yeah, I think that's. I think you can watch the intro, which for, for the French film 
Cliff told me to keep it under 10 minutes. Made it, it was exactly 10 minutes. I think Nicely that's done. free, but then you have to pay, and then you get the you film. pay for and the film, the and then the post. Film discussion. Nice. Yeah, uh, speaking of, um, we were talking about HBO. I needed to say that uh, tonight, Motherless Brooklyn is their uh, premiere uh, mm-hmm. tonight. Mm-hmm. And okay. then next Saturday is Jojo Rabbit. Yes. And August 8th is Richard Jewell. Oh, that's a great film. Now that one first I want to see. First two I didn't care for. I like I, I like the JoJo. Yeah, I really like JoJo. I'm a not lot. about the uh, I'm not about the Motherless Brooklyn. The Motherless Brooklyn is a, a moody film noir that is way too long, but I liked the 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 music was really good. He, he <laughs> has Tourette's, and uh, the cast is very good, but it's it's just takes forever. It's slow as molasses. It really is bad. Real Time with Bill Maher returns next uh, uh, August And 7th. John Oliver returned last week. Yes, which was so welcome. Oh, if we're going to talk to John Oliver, he has a website, thetruetruetruth.com, that will debunk uh, conspiracy theories. And he's using John Cena, John Christi- uh, Paul Rudd. John Cena, Paul Rudd, and other people to discuss... Famous people to talk about conspiracy theories. ...to talk about conspiracy theories. And the John Cena one is hilarious. Because they were both born on the same day. It's John, John Cena and John Oliver were born on the same day. And John Cena takes off his shirt and, and says, Can you believe we were both born on the same day? And then he shows a picture of John and... Yeah, it's hilarious. And then yeah, Cena goes, "I'm number three on your wife's um, <laughs> pass list." Pass list. <laughs> but he is a very. I'm surprised how good of an actor that he is. He is. He is. I've been really surprised at his work. Train wreck. Um, yeah. And that. That's when I first said, "Wow, he's not just." A, I don't know what they do down there in the World Wrestling Entertainment Federation, whatever it's called now, but they are trained really well to act. <laughs> yeah, because look at The Rock. Ah, uh, Dwayne Johnson. So I still call him The Rock. I don't know. So anything else coming up we need to mention, guys? Uh, I have to get out of here. So, Tom, where can we find you? Uh, we are Movie Geeks and at home. <laughs> <laughs> we are moviegeeks.com. And you can find Lynn... I am on KTRS every Thursday night with Ray Hartman in the 1030 hour, and he is so excited about the uh, HBO documentary, The Swamp, that starts August 4th. And I am uh, he- here with you guys. And, and also I am uh, right for the Webster Kirkwood Times online and uh, such as it is these days. And then I have my own website, poplifestl.com. And then uh, what else? I'm on all the socials. Good. My name is Carl Middleman. You can find me at underscore Carl the Intern on Face... No, not on Facebook. Instagram and Twitter. You can hear me on the Intercom family of radio stations like KFTK, Y98, KMOX... And you can hear me on the Maxwell Movies podcast this weekend and last weekend, I believe. That's it. Have a good week. Thanks, everybody. This is Lynn Benhouse signing off. Keep cool. Stay safe. Take care.